So if you think of like a crock pot or a stew, right? right? And you spend all the time chopping up all the pieces and tenderizing the meat and you know getting all the everything mixed into the pot, there's nothing to do now but let it cook. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing to do but let it simmer. You can't mess with it anymore. So really, our belief is game day has art. We've already decided based on our preparation if we're going to have a chance to win or not. Welcome to the ALU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, where we explore more on being a bold entrepreneur leader. I'm your host, Savannah Olo, and today I have with me Justin McDonald. Justin uses his expertise and his experience as a marketer to help people and their teams perform better through useful, practical, and helpful systems. You find it obvious that he loves American football, hence being the founder of Authority Football and the Core Source Academy. Throughout this episode, you'll learn about the thrill of how American football is actually very similar to an African university that holds leadership principles. Do you know the biggest mistakes people make with marketing? What do you know and what don't you know when it comes to marketing and leadership? Well, stay tuned and know it all. Join us as we uncover a whole new world from our diverse community of entrepreneurial leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming Justin McDonald. Justin, first of all, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it's been great um, interacting with you outside the podcast and all that good stuff. But maybe for the people who are listening in today, you can tell us about yourself and how you got to learn about ALU and join ALU as well. Yeah, thanks, Savannah. Um, uh, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, right? <laughs> Not just because we're, we're part of the marketing team that has helped uh, support and facilitate it with you guys, but I literally am a fan. Uh, it's one of the few podcasts I listen to on my, my midday runs. So, uh, so this is super cool. I'm a, I'm a fanboy uh, as well. Um, yeah, so I'm, the, I'm currently the chief marketing officer at, at African Leadership University. And um, I, I've been here a couple different times, actually. So this is my second tour of duty at ALU for the, a little over a year now. Right. Um, and my, my first go round was in 2016 and 2017. Uh, where we we launched the School of Business and the inaugural MBA program. We did that very quickly. That was a, that was a, a quick turnaround in about four months to, to, to get that launched. That was a really great experience, a lot of learning. Um, and then uh, we opened the Rwanda, Kigali Rwanda undergraduate campus uh, in, in 2017, which uh, also was a, a pretty quick turnaround uh, to get to get that inaugural class uh, recruited and and on the ground there in Kigali Heights. So uh, so that's my my short uh, tenure with um, with ALU on, on two different stints. Right. So how did how did you learn about ALU? Yeah, great question. Uh, I think everybody has a different origin story with ALU, uh, and it's interesting the the longer ALU's been around, where those origin stories, uh, where they where they uh, intersect. Yeah. Um, so for me, I got a I got a, a call from Fred Swanaker, the the founder and and, uh, and at the time CEO of ALU, and um, they were looking, and he was looking to scale uh, ALU's recruitment. Um, quickly. And, and the idea was, I think that first class, there was only, I don't know, 80 or 90 spots for students in mm. the first class. And I think in the first month or few weeks even of, of opening enrollment or admissions, they got 8,000 applications for you know 80 or 90 spots. And so, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, and also realized, hey, we've got, we've got, we've got to create systems. We've got to create 
um, you know, and organize our data. We've got to create uh, systems for communication, um, and then we want to be able to scale this more rapidly. And at the time, the the vision was uh, was the same vision that that Fred had shared in his 2014 TED Talk around uh, around 25 campuses around the continent, 10,000 students on each campus uh, across the continent. So you know, by the year 2060, there would be. Uh, you know, quarter million students active uh, on on the campuses at any given time, right? And by that time, you'd have a uh, you know three million ethical entrepreneur leaders that LU had helped um, you know uh, connect and and uh, and empower. Yeah. And so that was that was the mission and that was the the goal at the time too. So is how do we create systems for scale? Uh, to do that across the entire continent, and uh, and that's where uh, that that's where my background is is in digital marketing systems, mm-hmm. CRM, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know organizing organizing data, and to do so through automation to create really personalized experiences, but to do to create personalized experiences at scale. Hence, being the person who helps people and their teams perform better through useful, practical, and simple systems. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I think, I think that's on the LinkedIn profile, right? right. Uh, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. So um, as being a part of the AOE podcast as well, in, t- in terms of like the marketing aspect, um, the AOE podcast has certainly attained like a lot of attention from the young entrepreneurs on the African continent. Um, just to mention a few numbers, over 74% um, of our listeners are young entrepreneurs on the continent. Is this something that you expected? Great question. Uh, expectation is a is a, an interesting word. Um, so there, there's a couple a couple words I'd use there. One is hoped. Two is predicted, right? right? And, then, and then the third one is sort of expected, right? So, um, yeah, really, really great question. So the podcast for for us and and the way that I thought about the podcast was a couple things. One, um, there's a huge opportunity to to create a place and a space and a platform to start to facilitate conversations around entrepreneurial leadership in Africa. Right. And and that that's that's a space that we want to we want to lead in. And the podcast was is a channel and a medium to to try to do that. So initially, uh, and this is our general approach to to marketing, um, which is really a lot of experimentation. Um, and uh, you know, one of the one of the frameworks I like to think about when I think about entrepreneurship, businesses, and even teams is um, is sort of a three stage framework of stabilize, explore, expand. So anytime you run into business, anytime you got a team, like your core your core du- duty is to stabilize the the core revenue engine, the core you know elements of the business. Exactly. But if that's all you're ever doing, you can't innovate, you can't try new things, you can't find new things, you can't begin to expand, um, whether it's your products or expand your footprint in your, in your marketing or expand your partnerships or your network and so forth. But if people skip from stabilize and just start expanding and saying, hey, let's go spend a bunch of money to spin up a podcast or to go make a conference or to, you know, um, spend a whole, whole lot of money building this brand new website or, or, or launching a brand new product, yeah. um, it's, it can become very wasteful. Uh, and you spend a lot of energy and time and you don't know, you haven't validated those things uh, and it can be, you know, uh, it's sort of, uh, you know, taking, um, t- taking, taking shots from, you know, 50 meters out, right. Instead of getting a little closer and getting some more <laughs> short, short shots. Yeah. So with the podcast, the idea is, is first to explore those things and you do that through lean experimentation. And so the podcast was one of those, was one of those ideas was, Hey, let's, let's see if there's an appetite yeah. for this. Um, and let's involve the the people who are best suited to have an opinion on this, uh, which which is which is you guys, which is our our young entrepreneurial leaders uh, at LU. So it was a 
great opportunity to bring together uh, the voice um, and the and the ownership of uh, this podcast from from our students, our young entrepreneur leaders who have an opinion on this, who are close to the the, the problems and the challenges and the excitement of what's happening there. And then two, um, see if this is a medium that, uh, that people are interested in these topics, if this is a medium and a channel that, that people want to uh, listen to. So, so anyway, that, that's, the, that's the way we looked at it. Um, and our hope was this is a, an exciting and intriguing conversation. It's, it's, got, uh, it's very focused. It's got a clear controlling idea around yeah. entrepreneurial leadership in Africa. Mm-hmm. But it's got an, almost an infinite number of combinations of, of ways to think about that and talk about that yeah. um, so, so that it's, uh, it's controlled, but it's, uh, it's, very, it's very fluid. And you can get some really, really cool people on there. So that was the hope. And the prediction, right? We, I always talk about a spidey sense. My spidey sense and, and our <laughs> prediction was... We think it's going to be good. <laughs> we think uh, that people are going to be intrigued by this. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's been a it's been a, a pleasant validation of of that prediction. And and by the way, massive credit and kudos to you and this entire team for producing. I remember when I first Thank heard you. the first one. Oh, <laughs> this is. This is dope. (laughs) This is great. It really is good. The production quality is great. And you immediately sort of elevated and accelerated um, how this podcast has landed. And I'm just really excited for for what's next. But the the quality of and the, the... relevance of and the um the intrigue of the 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 guests that you've had on this has been really really interesting and i think it's going to continue to attract listeners and continue to to attract um other um really interesting people who have something to say about entrepreneurship entrepreneurial leadership in africa right spoken like a true listener of the podcast (laughs) fanboy i told you (laughs) when do when are we making swag and stickers i'm wondering (laughs) the same thing i think we need to talk to the team and (laughs) figure that out <laughs> so moving on to one of the hobbies you have, I, 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 I'd like to assume that it's a hobby. And um, you have been a head football coach, a performance coach, and as a founder of Authority Football, you've guided quarterbacks to score, win, and lead um, at one of the most challenging positions in sports. What key, simi- what key similarities should um, entrepreneurial leaders learn from this so that they can be the game changers in the industries? Great, really great question. Um, yeah, and it's it's not a hobby; it's a business. Um, and I've got a few businesses in that, but they're they're businesses in my other passion, right. um, which is Amer- American football. Yeah. Uh, and um, and part of my my former life. In my former life, I was a, I was a secondary uh, educator. I was an English teacher, literature teacher, right, and journalism. Okay. Uh, and I was a, an American football coach, so yeah. so coaching um, you know young men in in really one of the most popular sports we have in the U.S. Um, and that was my that was my my former life, and and I made a transition and a change from education and coaching, uh, right about uh, I don't know nine years ago or so, uh, because I realized that in my effort to change a generation of men through football, I was neglecting the only young men that actually mattered, and I actually had a responsibility for, which was my own three boys who were who were just growing up, and I realized I was sort of raising everyone else's boys at the expense of my own, and so mm-hmm. I made a career change, and that's actually where entrepreneurship. Um, digital marketing, um, and the idea that we can build the lives that we want and not ones we we wake up one day and unfortunately have, uh, which is I think a lot I think a, a reality for a lot of people, but definitely a reality for entrepreneurs. I see it so often, um, and realizing we're empowered to create the lives we want by creating the businesses that we want um, is is really empowering. And that's what entrepreneurship has been for me. However, um, or in addition to. 
I, I, one of my greatest passions and skills, uh, my sort of 10,000 hours in the first part of my life was, was in coaching. And so I developed a lot of passion, a lot of, a lot of skill, you know, really nuanced skills that I never thought would transfer into any other domain of my life, which is how to throw a football really well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem like a really relevant skill outside of that, but it's, it's been interesting to see how your question, for example, how, how leadership um, in in that position of quarterback, and if you're not familiar with football, right, quarterback's the the main leader of of, of, of facilitating that offense, moving the ball down the field right. um, to to score touchdowns, is is the single best position for um, for teaching leadership and being a leader. Yeah. Um, and I believe in any sport. Uh, so. Um, yeah, so we've, we've got a business. We train we train quarterbacks primarily, uh, and we train them from 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 youth all the way through uh, high school and into college. And to to your question, um, I I literally use the same and similar frameworks that we teach leadership to to university students that I teach leadership to entrepreneurs and to you know senior leaders and executives. It's the same stuff. Leadership is leadership, right. um, and it's 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 helping inspire, equip and then serve uh, those around you in order to create positive income, you know, out- outputs um, and, uh, and impact. And so, and at the quarterback position, you know, that's about having, having confidence in yourself um, and, and your ability and your skills. It's about trusting and believing in uh, those around you. Yeah. And it's about, it's about serving those around you. And, you know, literally the quarterback's job, and, and while everybody, everybody wants to be the quarterback, right? He's <laughs> the guy that's on TV. He's the guy that, you know, uh, the, the camera is always on. He's the guy that touches the ball every time. Yeah. But what we teach our quarterbacks is, is it really begins with servant leadership. Your job is to serve your team. It's to deliver the football to them. Sort of like a, there's no I in team. That's uh, exactly pers- right. Perspective, yeah. And what I love about American football is um, one person can't take over the game. Right. In other sports, you can have a real superstar that can kind of take over the game. Yeah. Sort of put the whole thing on his own shoulders or her own shoulders and, and say, <laughs> okay, I got this. You guys just stay out of my way. Um, and, and football, it, it does work that way and I actually I love the the parallels between that and business and teams in the business setting and the entrepreneurial setting mm-hmm. um, because everyone is dependent on everyone else doing their job if the the big offensive linemen who are supposed to protect the quarterback if they have a breakdown then he can't throw the ball or if they have a breakdown the running back can't get through if the receivers don't run the right route or they drop the ball then everything else that works to perfection doesn't you know doesn't lend lead, lend itself to success so it's it's coordinating all those things it's having patience and grace but also having a high standard of excellence which is all about what happens off the field and before the games it's about preparation it's about trust. It's about spending that the, the, that time together, um, so that you know when it's game time, you have to trust that everybody's going to do their job, and also understand that people are going to make mistakes. Um, and so it's quick. It's about how quickly and with what attitude you respond to adversity yeah. and not just react to adversity. And that's what I love about about football is it helps accelerate some of those lessons that. If, if we don't play sports, sometimes it takes us much later in life to figure out how we want to respond to adversity because it is inevitable. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> with all that said about um, football and your passion for it and how you've applied it into your entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurial lessons or things that you teach people outside of football, how was game day at your place? <laughs> how's game day? Yeah, how's game day like? What's the, at- what's the atmosphere like? And do do you mean game day in the football world, or do yes, you mean game day, game day in the in business the world? world? Like, what, what's what's the air in the house like? 
That's a that's a great that's a great question. Um, here's and this might be a different way to think about it. Right. I think a lot of people think that they can control what happens on game day. Yeah. My belief is we say the chili's in the pot. <laughs> so if you think of like a crock pot or a stew, right? right? And you spend all the time chopping up all the pieces and tenderizing the meat and you know getting all the everything mixed into the pot. There's nothing to do now but let it cook. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing yeah. to do but let it simmer. You can't mess with it anymore. So really, our belief is game day has our, we've already decided based on our preparation. Yeah if we're going to have a chance to win or not. There's very little you can do on game day that's going to change the outcome. Now, there's some strategic calls and some halftime adjustments, and there's some tactical things that you can do, and that's totally true. But if, if the athletes aren't prepared, if they're not confident, if they're not in shape, if they don't have the, the physical and mental skills or strength to do it, it doesn't matter how good your plays are. And that's actually, I think, an interesting leadership lesson that I that I see in any domain. Yeah. You know, in the football world, it's the coaches that think they can outcoach the opponent or you know the other coach, mm-hmm. um, irrespective of how prepared their their players are. And that leads to a lot of frustration if uh, you know if your players can't actually physically execute what you want them to do. And that's a, there's a lot of ego when we lead that way, yeah. thinking you know I can win this game and I'll just move my chess pieces, but. Chess pieces, chess pieces are equal on the chessboard, but in life, the, the humans that are the chess pieces or the X's <laughs> and O's are not necessarily equal. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a leadership shift that says, I can only win if the team wins and they can only win if they are prepared to execute, if they are confident in their abilities, if they trust each other. Exactly. And so the, the shift comes about them. It becomes all about people. I believe everything only comes back down to people, whether it's football or definitely in business. And so it's it's building the skills and the confidence and the teamwork and the empathy and the trust so that on game day, you realize, hey, the chili's in the pot. Um, and now you're making micro adjustments to give yourself a, a strategic advantage, you know, in the moment. Um, but if you don't have, if you haven't done the work to give yourself an opportunity to win that game, um, it, it's going to do nothing but create stress, frustration, and anxiety when you're in the game and you just can't execute on the things you cognitively want to execute on. And I think that makes that's exactly what what business is like and, and teams are like. You know, if it's if it's the 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 last five days of the month and you have a quota to hit and you're short on that, yeah. um, you can throw some hail marys, you can take some some miracle shots, and you hit them every once in a while. But that's not a strategy. That's luck, and you can't predict luck, and you can't replicate luck. Um, and I see a lot of businesses do that as well. Instead of instead of building the systems that create predictability, that let them see ahead of time where to invest and allocate resources to increase the likelihood of their success later, um, then they're living on that, you know, the last few days of the month or the last few days of the quarter yeah. hoping for success. And that creates a lot of stress and it creates a lot of stress on teams and it creates a pretty crummy place to work when you're living in that kind of stress. And you, you don't know if you can win, you just hope if you can win. Wow, guys, and that's your kickstart to season two. <laughs> great leadership and entrepreneurial thinking. And it's great that you've given us like a very relatable um, way in, you know, sort of explaining what entrepreneurial leadership would mean in your context, um, having um, football, being a football coach and performance coach and the founder of Authority Football. So, This podcast is brought to you by Venture by AOU a free course for entrepreneurs. Do you want to know how to overcome entrepreneurial challenges from real life experiences? Well, Venture is an online course designed for young and aspiring entrepreneurs. 
It features more than 10 AOU entrepreneur leaders who will guide and inspire young entrepreneurs. You can find Venture on venture.aoueducation.com. Once again, venture.aoueducation.com. Venture, a course for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Now back to our conversation. Um, moving on to your marketing expertise. So it's one of the most essential parts of any business, marketing. Uh, why should entrepreneurs care about this, in your opinion? <laughs> Great question. Um, because every business needs customers. <laughs> and marketing <laughs> is, the, is the way uh, that you get customers. Um, and there's, there's a lot more to that, but that's it. Um, and you need customers because that's how you stay in business. And that's a very inside-out way to think about it. Yeah. But why did we start businesses in the first place? Usually, it's so that we can serve customers. It's so that we can help, help them understand what their problems are, understand that we have a product or a service or a solution that solves that problem, yeah. and then actually solve it and, and serve them. So we need customers because that's why we exist. That's why we start our businesses. And then we need customers to pay for those services. So marketing is nothing more than getting people to know what they need to know, to believe what they need to believe, to do what they need to do. So the marketing collateral, the marketing tactics, the marketing plays um, are ultimately about simply accomplishing that. It's about ha- knowing that you've got a product that solves someone's problem, getting clear, you know, getting clear on how you explain uh, the problem that, that your product solves, and then getting someone to believe that the best possible thing they can do right now to solve that problem is to do business with you, whatever, whatever that looks like. And so, so um, marketing is learning how to do that uh, in a way that is consistent, in a way that is predictable, in a way that is, dare I say, valuable to the leads and prospects before they ever <laughs> become customers. Um, and then to do that really well so that, and then to, to, to deliver on your service or product so that your customers, your clients um, become raving fans and advocates and actually do your marketing for you right. because they represent your ideal customer. They have experienced the transformation and benefit that you provide them with your products and solutions, and they then begin to tell the world for you, um, which means your cost of acquisition goes down. It means the uh, sales cycle decreases, and people, you know, at the end of the day, they only do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if we can accelerate how people know, like, and trust our brand or us as entrepreneurs, then they are going to buy more um, quickly, more easily, um, and that makes everything in our business better. And it creates margin, it creates profit, it creates um, resources that we can reallocate into our business to explore and expand other things, as well as spend time leading our business. And that's one of the biggest shackles I see entrepreneurs put themselves in is not having enough margin in their business. And when I say margin, I mean financial profit margin because their model is dysfunctional and also time and energy margin um, so that they can invest that back in the places they want to invest it, both in the business with people, leading people, um, helping them get clear on their goals, helping them improve their skills and their performance and those things but also investing that time back in the things that matter most to us as humans. Um, And I believe the things that we serve should serve us back. And 
very often entrepreneurs and people in business, especially ones who are driven, right? Driven entrepreneur leaders. Yeah. Uh, they serve and they give and they serve and they serve and they grind and they hustle and there's this whole culture around that. Um, and they, they very rarely build the business that serves them back based on what's important to them. And so that would be the balance uh, or the, um, the, the context that I encourage all entrepreneurs to think about is what's your return and are you building a business and an environment and a team that not only serves your customers and the, the challenge at large that you're trying to create in the world, but also serves you back as the person you want to be. And as for, you know, for me, that's as a husband and as a father and as a friend and as a leader and as a, uh, you know, a, a community servant. If I don't have time for those other things because my business is taking all of that time away from me and leaving me with no time or energy, um, well, then I'm failing. So that's, that's the, the value of marketing and thinking that marketing is not just how do I go get more customers, it's how do I do it this way, get great customers, and then earn that time back to reallocate in more meaningful ways. Right. So with that said, like, are there any other um, things that entrepreneurs get wrong about marketing and how can they improve, improve on that as well? Yeah, great, really great question. I think there's a lot, um, but I think it boils down to one thing. Um, there's an irrefutable truth around uh, being successful, our success and your success as an entrepreneur. And it's this, your success has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do and is dependent upon your customers. Now your customers and your ability to create revenue and your inability to generate revenue is directly proportionate to the experience that your leads, prospects and customers are having. Wait, wait, Justin, you need to say that again for them to listen to what you just said. (laughs) Okay. Your your success and your revenue is directly proportionate to the experience that your leads, prospects, and customers are having. Oof, okay. (laughs) So this is it. Experiences is everything, right? And people behave based on the way the world occurs to them. When we want our leads and prospects and customers to behave in a predictable way, which ultimately is to do the things we've laid out for them to know what they need to know, to believe what they need to believe, to do what they need to do, which right. is become our customer. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's because they we have a solution for them and we, we need them to trust that and see that and know that so that they take that action. So if, if our success is dependent upon experience, the second irrefutable truth is that that experience that's happening with or without your permission as an entrepreneur. That's happening with or without your consent. That's happening with or without your design. That's happening with or without your um, acknowledgement that they are having an experience. Yeah. So when we acknowledge that, hey, experience is happening because that's how humans experience the world, just like we all are consumers. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for an entrepreneur to, to wear the consumer hat because we wear it all day. But then we forget what the consumer experience is like when we're the ones creating it for our customers as an entrepreneur. So if we just continue to remember that, we can align our experiences intentionally to create predictable behaviors and predictable results. So first, to recap, uh, you know, our revenue is directly proportionate to the experience that our customers are having. Two, that experience is happening with or without our permission. Three, experience is only, uh, there's only two levers we have to influence experience. And it's message and mechanics. And where message and mechanics, and as a, a quick uh, definition, right, message is the words and the language that people are consuming, hearing, and experiencing around your brand. It's copy, it's video, uh, it's, it's even sometimes the, the non-spoken things yeah. or unspoken things, but it's message. It's what people are, are hearing. 
um, and, and, and understanding. And then mechanics are the actual steps of the experience, right? And there's digital mechanics if, you have a, if, you, if they're having a digital experience. Um, there's analog, you know, in-person um, mechanics that are happening. If I go to a restaurant and I've got to wait 90 minutes uh, and I've got to wait sort of on the curb, you know, out by the traffic, that's, those are the mechanics of that, right? And, you know, cars are driving by and it's raining and like that's the experience you created for me. Um, I'm not going to wait 90 minutes in the rain, you know, out, out on the street. So if you can create a better experience for me, um, then I'm happy to wait uh, because my weight experience is part of my dining experience, yeah. right? So that's the mechanics as an, as an example. Page load times, you know, uh, all those things in a digital experience, those are, those are uh, equivalent in a, in a digital experience. So the marriage of message and mechanics is what creates emotion. And emotion is what produces behavior. And we are all in the business of producing behavior that produces business. Right. So when we, when we understand that all of our marketing and our sales is really about producing emotions that produce predictable behaviors that ultimately produce the buying behaviors that we want because people know what they need to know to believe what they need to believe to do what they need to do, we can create a predictable customer machine. Right. And when we create that predictability, when we create those systems, um, we create personalized personalized experiences, but we create them at scale so we can grow our business. And when we use systems and when we use automation and when we, when we create those personalized but consistent experiences, we don't have to worry about it and think about it as much. And again, we have that time back to go reinvest in product development, serving our customers, you know, expanding our market, whatever those things are. So that's the thing I think that people get wrong about marketing the most is they think they market to people. They, they think it's, you know, it's advertising or um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's different channels like email marketing or it's, you know, wh whatever channels you might think those things are. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we choose those channels, we choose, which is mechanics, we choose those messages based on what experience are we trying to create. And at the end of the day, we're building an experience by asking ourselves, what emotion do I want someone to feel at this point in their journey? If it's you know, just early in awareness or it's in engagement or it's in the consideration phase or it's in the actual commitment and purchase phase or it's in the you know, in, uh, delivery or consumption uh, of, the, of getting your product or service. Those are all stages in their journey. And when we can map our marketing and our sales and our customers' you know, fulfillment to those stages and ask what emotion do I want them to have here? and then simply design an experience using message and mechanics that creates that emotion. We're gonna build desire all through the buyer's journey and the customer lifecycle, uh, and we're gonna ultimately create raving fans who um, tell, you know, they either buy more, buy again, or they tell others. And that accelerates uh, the growth of our business because when someone who you know, like, and trust tells you this is a really great service or product that I've used okay. and it's a perfect fit for you too, now I don't need to be marketed to. I already know what I need to know to believe what I need to believe to know that, hey, it worked for my friend or my colleague or my family member. I'm just going to I'm going to skip the front of the line and I'm going to go right to please take my money and solve my problem. <laughs> and that's that, that's the flywheel every business. And I do believe every business can and should be trying to create. Great. So um, obviously, we know that the pandemic is still at large. And, you know, as we adapt to the new normal, the current shift as a result of it, how can the entrepreneurs cope in the marketing space? 
Really great question. I think entrepreneurs should cope in the marketing space um, responding to COVID the same way they should any time in history, which is staying focused on what problems mm -hmm. do my leads, prospects, and customers have, my market, right? What problems do they have? Yeah. Um, some problems persist in this COVID world. Some problems don't exist anymore. Or they're or they're or they're not pervasive enough anymore. Yeah. So so in some industries we've seen we've seen a huge uptick because there's the, a problem has been exasperated by COVID, right? I mean, you know, really simple example is look at uh, look at digital communications, right? Zoom and other you know teleconferencing, and there's lots of other examples of that. So they've really thrived in that. Um, and, and other types of industries uh, don't have uh, don't have a market anymore because people can't get out and move around. Um, you know, they're not taking taxis anymore. They're not sitting in restaurants. All of those things. So, but that that's just accelerated uh, and, and sort of highlighted the poignancy of a problem. It's it's increased the pain in some areas. It's reduced the pain in others. That's just that's just going to be the ebbs and flow of consumers um, anyway. So the focus should be always, what is the, my customer's problem? And how can I uniquely solve it? Um, and that, that's really where you're starting to get into actual product creation or innovation of your existing products. And the really successful entrepreneurs and businesses out there have been innovative in how they found ways to solve their problem. And then once you've got the solution, marketing never changes. It's saying, okay, how do I get you know, how do I, how do I say the right things to get people to know what they need to know, to believe what they need to believe, to do what they need to do? And then how do I get that message and those mechanics in front of as many of the right eyeballs as possible? And this is where we start thinking, through, okay, great. What are the channels that people are going to see this or hear this on? Right. Um, and so maybe there's a shift to digital because people are, are consuming, well, people have been consuming digital for a long time. Digital is, it's here. It's only going to increase. Um, and I think, uh, I think the, the, the pandemic has just helped accelerate that that reality for people. True, so I think yeah. there's going to be a kind of a scramble for some, some technology and digital marketing laggards to try to catch up. But those who have, those who've already built, um, audiences, they've built, you know, predictable customer journeys. They've implemented automation and technology to keep their customers, uh, organized and to keep their business organized. Those who are building audiences and lists, uh, you know, whether it's social media audiences, whether it's email lists or WhatsApp lists or whatever, you know, they're, they're building those in a CRM. That's one of the most valuable assets you can have in your business is an audience. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to take a message around the problem and the solution you have. And you're trying to put that message in front of as many of the right eyeballs as possible. Yeah. If you own those audiences because you've got a targeted email list or you've got a targeted, you know, um, Facebook list or you, you've got other ways to get in, in front of the right audiences, whether it's really strong affiliate partners, et cetera, um, that's one of the biggest assets you can have in your business. So those are some of the things that, that I see um, and would, would recommend people staying focused on. Focus on your customers' problems. Don't cling to an old solution you had that worked because people had a problem that they, that they no longer have. Be willing to adapt and be flexible to constantly serve your customers. And then once, you're, once you, you decide, hey, I need to innovate, get really clear on how you're going to solve that and, and don't try to do too much. Um, you want to dominate, not dabble. Right. So when you, when, you, when you experiment on something new, then it's once you're clear uh, on this is the right problem to solve, experiment, find the best possible solution, and then get rid of everything else so that you can dominate on, on you know, uh, creating, marketing, and then fulfilling that new solution um, as best as possible. 
great. I think if the listeners haven't written any notes, they could play this back over and over and over until <laughs> they get the concept of what marketing expertise that you're sharing with us right now. There's so many gems that you've shared with us, so many battles as well that, that you've shared as well. Um, yeah, so I want to thank you for being with us. I think that marks the end of this interview or this podcast episode rather. So yeah, Justin, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, we hope to see you more often on the podcast or, you know, just be behind the scenes as well. Thanks, Savannah. And thanks to the whole team. I think you guys are doing such an amazing job. And um, this will, you know, I look forward to these every week. Like I said, I, I live in the, in the desert in, uh, in the south, south, uh, southwestern part of the U.S. Right. most of the year. And so I'm always on a run in the middle of the day, running through the desert, listening to my podcast once a week, listening to you guys. So, uh, so I'm, I look forward to those to drop. So I'll have to skip this one. I don't <laughs> I won't be able to stand listening to myself. So I look forward to the next one. So let's hurry up and get that one scheduled. <laughs> right. Great. But we want to thank you for having us um, and giving us your time as well, just to share all this knowledge and share with the people who are, you know, budding entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs on the continent as well, because it is for Africa and by Africans, you know. <laughs> Thanks for that. Let me let me leave. If there was only one thing that I could tell all entrepreneurs and all budding entrepreneurs, but but really any of them, and I alluded to this earlier, and I'm just going to anchor it one more time. Right. Um, strive ruthlessly to build the business you actually want, and not one you wake up one day and unfortunately have. And you do that through getting clear on what's my return, and that return is up to you. And you get to decide, you know, decide what it is and define it. And sometimes it's, it's revenue and only revenue. Sometimes it's access. Sometimes it's impact. Sometimes it's geography. Sometimes it's just expanding your skills so that you can do something better uh, and, and easier later, right? But just get clear on how does the business serve the world, uh, but in doing so, how do you build it so that it does also serve you? Um, that would be the, the single most important thing that I would, I would encourage all entrepreneurs to continually be in the quest of. And when one day you wake up and have built a business you unfortunately have, don't cling to it. Ask yourself what needs to be true to, uh, to bend this business, to rewrite this business in a way that it continues to serve the world and my market, but also begins to serve me and the things that are important to me uh, back. And when that happens, they know who to reach out to to say thank you for the gems of knowledge uh, provided. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time, Savannah. A lot of fun. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Just as a reminder, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Music for a chance to subscribe and have exclusive access to all the gems of knowledge we drop here. This is the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa. Real stories, real experiences. Thank you.